Once Upon a Time, If You Can Believe, a podcast of which one can hardly conceive. Three sorcerers planned to take over the world, examples they discussed and plans they unfurled. When in an offence, if any are caught, what they've said is for humour, not actually thought. Sit back, relax, take in the narration, and enjoy this here episode of World Domination. Welcome to World Domination, everyone. I am your host, Jim Lee. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Kendoff the White. And I'm your host, Emma Wynn. And I am no man. Emma Wynn. Hello, friends. Uh, hello. <laughs> Sorry, there's just so many names to remember. Yeah, look, we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm. How was everybody's day? How was your day, Jim? Um, it was okay. You know, I spent most of the day out of the office. Uh, how was your day? Emma? Yeah, my day was uh, was good. It was one of those days where it seems like it drags forever, but it's also ridiculously quick. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you've just got so much going on, you get so much done, and then you're like, fuck, where's the time gone? But also you feel like you've been there for four years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of those days, but I uh, got a lot done, so that was good. Good. And you, Ken? Oh, so busy today. Just ridiculous. I am dead, but it's okay. I was brought back. That's why I'm Kandalf the White instead of Kandalf the Grey. Well, I'm sorry to say this, Ken, but the bell doesn't release you. I do. <laughs> oh, oh, no. You can sleep when we're done. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, if people haven't guessed it, this week our theme is Lord of the Rings. And I'm Ooh. very pumped. Jim told me off last week for not sounding excited enough. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're enthused, Emma. <laughs> now I'm pumped. Get amongst it, as Brother Alf used to say. This week I was just getting so excited because my first ever proper crush as a young young lady was Legolas. Straight up. Like the character or Orlando Bloom? Uh, both. Look, okay. I had posters of Legolas above my bed. Um, and even in, when we were living in Singapore, I had a um, in my locker at school. Had a poster of Legolas. Oh, oh, man. It was just like, and it was back in the time when everybody else had posters of like Emma Watson and like as Hermione. And uh, fun fact that everybody used to go around being like, oh, Emma's so hot. And I'd be like, oh, thanks, guys. I'm like, oh, fuck, not you. Gross. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cheers, guys. Another, cheers, cheers. Another, another day great. in the life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm very excited. Um, when we were living in Singapore was also when like Lord of the Rings was kind of in its prime, like early 2000s. The Lord of the Rings exhibition was there while we were living there and um, we went about like five times. Wonderful. And it was the greatest. How big was it? Because Singapore is not a huge place. Look, it was... <laughs> It wasn't massive, but it was really interesting. You learnt so much there. Also, what does Singapore have to do with Lord of the Rings? Why Nothing. is it there? They just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're... Just like get on board, get on with the trend. I don't know. There's lots of expats there. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. But it was great. Okay. And I learnt so much. About young love. Young <laughs> love. <laughs> no. No, it was interesting because they were, um, I'm pretty sure we've got a photo somewhere in one of our um, family albums, but like they talked you through and then you could actually take a photograph as they, like how they filmed the hobbits and like men. Oh, uh, the forced perspective yeah, thing. Yeah, the forced perspective. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. So cool. we have a photo somewhere of that. And just like sort of going through and like how like all the weather, um, how they did all of that and how they built things, the amount of stuff that they used and all the CGI. Because, I mean, for back then, I mean, the stuff that they did in the movies was absolutely amazing. Like in a lot of the big battle scenes, they would actually only have about 100 or 200 actors. 
Hmm. And then they would just multiply them on CG, using CGI and using the technology like that. And that's how they got the big fight scenes done. Or more memorably in my household, the Carlton Draft It's Our Big Ad oh. was also made with that same technology. <laughs> I love that ad. Yes. Our families are different. They have the best ads. It's our big ad. It's just, it's a, it's a very average beer, but they have great ads. Oh, they do. They've got to. They've got to sell it somehow. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can see where you're coming from with Orlando Bloom there, Emma. Like, it's another one of those I'm not blind situations between <laughs> Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I like, am human. <laughs> I am human. I can I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, which who are, who are you talking about in oh, um, no. Pirates what? of the Caribbean? Like, who, who, Will who Turner, mate. Will Turner, Orlando Bloom. Sort your life oh. out, Ken, or you're off the podcast. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I am looking at a photo of him right now and I'm still digging it. So we thought we might give a little bit of a primer on the, like the cosmology of the Lord of the Rings, like the, how their, their like divinity system works before we get into the plot of the books slash movies themselves. There's so Just much. Just because <laughs> that they kind of like the cosmology kind of features into our domination plans at the end. And it's an interesting discussion because it's such a fascinating and rich world that Tolkien made over, you know, many thousands of pages. So many. So I'll put a link in the show notes to two uh, very good videos that kind of explain everything you need to know after having absorbed the three books or the three movies that kind of goes through all of the like backstory and cosmology and stuff. But the short version of the short version is the god of the Lord of the Rings world is called Eru Iluvatar. Uh, he created a bunch of angels, which sung in harmony together, except for one guy who was a pain in the ass, who sung out of out of key and created all the suffering and terror in the world. His lieutenant, or sorry, his second in command, Sauron, eventually goes on to be the, the bad guy in the Lord of the Rings books. But at the at that time, he's basically just a low-level angel. There's a big war. The devil, we'll call him Melkor. The devil gets banished. It's not important. You never see him again. It gets banished into the infinite void. <gasps> the void. Sauron... Doesn't have a boss anymore, so he decides to be self-employed. Comes down to Middle-earth, tricks some tricks an elf called Celebrimbor into making these magical rings because the, the rings will preserve the level of magic in Middle-earth because the level of magic degrades over time. He tricks Celebrimbor into making 12 lesser rings and then th Celebrimbor goes and makes three rings on his own for the elves. Uh, no, so there's 16 lesser rings, then he yep. goes and makes his own, then plus the one, then plus the one ring. So there's yep. 20 yes. altogether. Yep. 20 altogether. Yep. Okay. Sauron gets the gets some rings into the hands of some stinky dudes. <laughs> stinky. That's a technical term of them. Yeah, stinky dudes. I'm sure they were. I mean, it was Middle Earth. <laughs> I'm sure they were. Well, before the that, elves yeah. think everyone else is stinky. That's because the elves are uh, the better class. It's racist. Well, but yeah, they are. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> they're magic immortal beings uh, who yeah. don't have to worry about death. Yeah. I can see why they're above it all. In any case, Sauron gets these 10 rings into some like... Uh, you know, human kings who kind of go over to his side because Sauron's big power is that he can like control the minds of others and especially so when people are wearing the rings and then the elves and the men decide that, you know, they've appeased Hitler enough. <laughs> it is time to take action and that if he invades Poland, that they're really going to stop him this time. You're confusing me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the first book kicks off. So... Emma, what happens in the first book oh, movie? Man. So Isildur, the last king of Gondor, he defeated Sauron, um, cut off his um, finger, 
His ring finger. His, ring, his old hey. uh, ring finger. Um, kept the ring and then he kind of started to turn a bit possessed, I guess. <laughs> he just, and then he lost the ring. Hmm. The ring betrayed him. Yeah, so basically, you kind of what you learn in the beginning is a little bit of the background around there that Jim's kind of explained. And then you obviously know that the um, the ring, can, which is obviously, it was lost, was it a couple of ages ago? Because now that we're, we're into the third age, I believe. So yeah, it's so a the, couple of hundred years, I guess. The end of the second age and the start of the third age is when Sauron gets defeated. Yeah, so we're in the third age now. He's lost his ring. Um, and which compa- contains a lot of his power. He wants it back, and he, because his, I guess his end goal is that he wants to enslave all of Middle Earth. So a hobbit named Bilbo Baggins stumbles upon the ring, and so I guess hobbits. Uh, do we have to explain what they are? They're kind of a lesser hobbits related to men. Is all of the explanation you get? Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, there's something about it. Hold on, I've got it here. Um, oh yeah, hobbits are a subspecies of men. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your so they're basically short short asses, but not quite dwarves. Anyway, um, so Bilbo stumbles upon the ring on his. So the movie kind of starts off, I guess, around his hundred hundred and eleventh birthday, where he gives it to his heir Frodo Baggins. Ooh. Gandalf the Great. Gandalf the Grey at the time. He um realizes when he's with Frodo what that ring could possibly be. Puts it in a fire. The words the Elvish writing around it lights up, and he realizes what. It is. He um, basically says to Frodo, "This has to be taken away from the Shire and destroyed. Um, and the only way to do that is take it to Mordor and throw it into the fire pits in Mount Doom." Through this, they go on a little bit of an adventure. There's a couple of other hobbits that that join along the way: Merry, Pippin, and Sam. Through a couple of uh, exciting adventures, they make their way to Rivendell, where all the elves live. And there's a council that creates a group that's then known as the Fellowship of the Ring. There's an elf. There's Aragorn which we later find out to be the heir to Gondor. And there's a dwarf, Gimli. Gandalf is there. And then the hobbits, is that it? Is there anybody else? Oh, and um, Boromir. Boromir. Boromir as well. And Elrond, but he doesn't go on. Yeah. He's not he's, part of the fellowship. Fucking like, I guess he fixes the sword. and That's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that's not nothing. I mean, yeah. All right. Thanks, Elrond. He's an angry guy. <laughs> MVP. I guess, But so to point out, so Aragorn and Boromir are both men. So Aragorn is the true heir to, to Gondor, but Boromir, is, his father, is currently on the throne. Yeah, Boromir's father, uh, Denethor, is the steward of Gondor. Yeah, and he's a psycho. Anyway, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, so the um, fellowship is created and their, I guess their ultimate goal is to help Frodo get to Mordor where the ring needs to be thrown into the fire pit. Yeah, so as they're on their, I guess, their adventure, they go into... Moria. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. the, oh, <laughs> the friendship place. The cave the friendship of friendships. Place, the cave of friendship where all the, um, <laughs> the dwarves used to live. They go in there and find that that's been overrun by goblins and they're trying to find their way out. Um, they're running through things, obviously, have been... Well, not obviously, but they've been destroyed. So they have to jump over through these staircases that are kind of half missing and whatever. They jump over this ledge onto this other side and that is when Bolrog appears. Balrog. And um, which is the equal to um, Sauron. So On the old chart. Yeah, <laughs> to Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> the, to he's equal to um, Sauron too, isn't he? Because isn't that what's his face? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he comes out. Um, Gandalf 
tells them all to just run and like leave him and they're like no and Frodo's like no Gandalf I can't leave you and he's like fly you fools <laughs> so basically he falls down the pits with Balrog um, they're fighting and uh, poor Gandalf let's have a, a moment for our fallen soldier um, so along their travels, they run into Galadriel in the forests of the Galadrim elves. She's basically just this pretty fucking elf, I guess. And she uh, tests their hearts and gives them gifts to help them along their way. So they're kind of making their way along. But during that, she has a bit of a, there's a weird dream kind of sequence with Frodo. And she tells him that he needs to go on the quest on his own because the um, fellowship is breaking. So mm-hmm. the end of that book slash movie is Frodo kind of separating um, and running away from the rest of the fellowship except for Sam Wise hashtag MVP of the entire thing yeah he Ooh. follows him and like even though he can't it was so sad even though he can't swim he like followed a mountain to the water when he was running off in his boat or sailing off in his boat um, hmm. and then yeah Sam uh, Frodo pulls him into the boat saves him and they head off and that's kind of where the first one finishes where they're off on their part, so it kind of like shows or foreshadows that everybody's going off in their own directions and possibly going to do different hmm. things. Back on Galadriel, in the books, so when they when they all ask for gifts and stuff, do you know what Gimli asks for? No. He asks for a strand of Galadriel's hair because he's <laughs> never seen anyone more beautiful than her. That's right. And Galadriel's husband is like, you what, mate? <laughs> I'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, because you know Gimli's going to do some nasty shit with that 100%. hair later. Gimli's a... He's weird. Hey, he's just slightly awkward like And me. also, he should have gotten Legolas's hair. Come on, mate. What? what? <laughs> yeah. Cut me a Legolas lock of that. Legolas is prettier than Galadriel. 100%. <laughs> um, does anybody have any other thoughts on the first movie or book? It's good. It is good. I enjoy it. And like... There's a lot of, like, nonsense that they cut out of the, the first book, which I can understand why. Like, the character known as Tom Bombadil, mm. oh. who is, like, nature spirit who's older than the Earth itself. It's weird. It's best not to think about it too hard. I heard he's the best character in the in the whole series. He's really not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the rumours are not true. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's a hippie. Oh, they even oh. say, like, at the Council of Elrond, like, we couldn't get him to do anything, so why would we bother? He sounds like me. <laughs> He's a dirty hippie what? who lives with his daughter wife in the forest. Okay, wife. he does not sound like me, everyone. Jesus. Ken, what have you been up to, man? Um, Moving right along. <laughs> uh, so, on to the, uh, the Two Towers, the second movie. Uh, the second movie, um, everyone sort of like splits up into um, a few different parties and goes on to their own adventure. Even Boromir. I'm going on an split adventure. Split in two. Oh, yes, oh, uh, Boromir. Oh, Boromir, poor guy. Oh. But yes, uh, it's okay. His brother comes into this movie. Uh, so yeah, so um, so the movie starts off with Frodo and um, Samwise going along uh, on their adventure. And, well, you know, their uh, adventure to Mordor, and uh, they run into a funny creature, Gollum, who um, they sort of tame. I don't know how to e- describe their relationship. It's kind of weird. They put a leash on him, don't they? Yeah, they put a leash on him. So yes, tame is probably the correct word. Uh, who uh, who is um, supposed to lead them to Mordor? Sam doesn't trust him, but Frodo uh, feels sympathy for him because they are both suffering the same kind of the taunt from the ring. Mm. Yep. 
Merry and Pippin also gets kidnapped by the orcs. So Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn tries to track them down. While they're tracking them down, they run back into Gandalf, who is now Gandalf the White. But before that, I th- um, they ran into the horse people from um, Ro- Rohan. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, their king is tr- cur- currently very troubled because uh, he's being um, mind-controlled by Saruman. Uh, shout out to um, episode 5 of our first season. <laughs> mind-control! <laughs> so uh, basically, you know, they, they've... Uh, uh, unable to do much about that so they go off into a forest and they run into Gandalf the white and uh, he summons Shadowfax which I think is like it's a horse but at the same time I always found the word, name Shadowfax really weird it sounds like some sort of like you know like some courier company <laughs> and it's a horse like... so I'm like what's like what, medieval fax machine <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I was thinking anyway Yes, anyway. A, a medieval You're fax a medieval machine. Fax machine. Shadowfax is the lord of all horses. Oh, lord of all horses. Okay. Mm. Nice. Anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, with Shadowfax uh, in the party now, uh, Gandalf come, uh, goes back with a tri- <laughs> with a tri- with a trio, and uh, helps banish uh, Saruman out of King Theoden's mind. And uh, now they have Rohan at their aid. It's a very good uh, anti-aging for him Woo! as well. Yeah, yes. I was about to say that. <laughs> oh, that's also where the "you have no power here" thing comes from. I told you to take the wizard staff. <laughs> <laughs> You're really good at this, Jim. You've been prepping. <laughs> oh, oh, God. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, so uh, the, basically the uh, Rohan crew knows that uh, they're, they're very... Uh, they're very doomed um, in this war, so they've sent all the women and children to Helm's Deep uh, in order to hide uh, hide away from this disaster. In the uh, in the other news, uh, we've also got Merry and Pippin who uh, escaped the uh, kid- kidnapping of the orcs and managed to run to a forest uh, where they ents. Uh, yeah, the stoners. The, stone, uh, the stoners live. Yes, yes. Uh, I believe it was um, Treebeard. His name is the leader of the ents. Who. I love Yes, he was like, "Oh yeah, we want no part in this," and then uh, they and then they get out of the forest and they're like, "Oh shit!" He cut up uh, the people, uh, you know, Saruman and his tri- uh, troops cut up all my friends. Okay, change of plans. Uh, from here, they go into discussion. They start a little forum, and uh, you know, they decide to go to war. They hold an end. Woo. Okay. Do you know what? Oh. It's a fun, little fun fact about orcs that I didn't really realize beforehand but they um are actually a byproduct of generations of elves who were corrupted by melkor and then they were selectively bred over generations so that's why they look so fucked up because they're basically inbred elves oh (laughs) it all makes sense were were they bred to look like that i don't know no it's mostly like you know how when you keep reading a Habsburg over and over again you end up getting ones who can't Say anything without a lisp. What's a, it's a bit like that? Well, but imagine the hills have eyes. <laughs> Habsburgs were like medieval kings and queens of. Oh yeah, the yeah, Holy I Roman remember. Empire. Yeah, yeah, there were yeah. people who had like you know like jaw disfigurements to the yeah. point where they can't eat. So so yeah. much yeah. so that Spain still has a lisp because one of their kings spoke with a lisp because he was so inbred. Oh, That's why they say Barcelona. Barcelona. Don't don't sleep with you. With your relatives, friends. Don't be a cousin, Nuzla. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the other side of things, Frodo and Samwise and Gollum, <laughs> you know, they have a run-in with uh, one of the uh, Nazgul's, the uh, one of the Ringwraiths, 
you know, and have have some trouble there. Um, apart from that, they also get captured by Faramir and the and the, and his Who crew. Who is the brother of Boromir? <gasps> brother of Boromir. I really like Faramir. He's like one of my favorite characters. What? He's fucked what? up. What Faramir? Faramir. Yeah. Faramir's great. He tries yeah, to Faramir. bloody kill Frodo. Does he? Yes. Does he? He fucking kidnaps him. You literally just said that. Yeah, but like you he know, tries he... to kill him because he wants the ring. As soon as he finds out that Frodo has the ring, he tries to kill him. But he didn't. But he tried to. That doesn't make him a good guy. He's a great guy. How dare you? No. Look, I'm sure he had his moments. <laughs> anyway, he gets taken back to their kingdom. And uh, at, was it still in this movie uh, when the, he releases uh, Frodo and Sam back so that they can succeed? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yes. Yeah. It was so look, he has one redeeming quality at the end, right? Yeah. Yep. He does better than his brother. Oh. Woo! Uh, probably on par, to be honest. Yeah. Like, he tried to kill Frodo, and then he realised that he was doing wrong and then protected him so he could get away, which is pretty mm. much like the exact same yeah, thing that no, Frodo right. did. Oh, this is also the, uh, this is also the uh, movie where the Battle of Helm's Deep happens, and the elves also come and help uh, the Rohan people. Fun fact, uh, Peter Jackson's daughter is in some of those shots. <gasps> what? In which shots? In the Battle of Helm's Deep, she's shown um, cuddling up to, I don't think it's his wife, I think it's somebody else, but it's his daughter and like, you know, where all the, the women and children are hiding in the, underneath, in the, uh, yeah. yeah, she's one oh. of the children that gets shown. And uh, I believe that is uh, The Two Towers. Thank you yeah. very much. So what did you guys think of the movie? Exciting. Exciting. Except like, you know, I feel like so that everyone's got split up and I'm a big fan of like, you know, keep the party together. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't split the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's surprising not more people, not more characters died. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I know um, that when they were making the movies of it, they wanted to kill off one of the hobbits because they were Ooh. like, they can't, they shouldn't all survive. Like, what are the chances of them all surviving? Hmm. And it's just like, nah, just, mate, just go with it. you got to stick with it. You can't. It is what it is. <laughs> like, but I know, I, I, I enjoy it. I think, to be honest, I very much enjoy all three films, but I think Two Towers is probably my least favourite, not by much, out of them. Yeah, it, it's... It kind of has the curse of being the middle child. Yeah. <laughs> Damn middle child. Like, it's got some good moments and stuff like that, but, uh, but I think... Faramir's in it. <laughs> no, how I feel about Faramir. <laughs> <laughs> right? True. Uh, okay. And Gollum. And Gollum. And Gollum. Good old Gollum. Yeah, I think... Although he is technically in the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. technically. His hand's he's, in the first one. He's stalking And them. his voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. No, no, no. When they... um, He's oh. the one that they capture and torture to... Oh, find right, out yeah, where yeah, the yeah. ring had gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's the one that does the shower Jesus Christ! How long have you been practicing that? His, All my life, his whole life. <laughs> I was born for this one moment. The third story, the Return of the King, starts with a flashback. A flashback. So it starts with a flashback to Gollum before he turned into Gollum when he was known when he was a hobbit that went by the name of Smeagol and he and his brother were fishing in the river that just so happened to be the same river where Isildur was assassinated and dropped the ring into the bottom of the river. <laughs> Would you look at that? And this is where he, there's a scuffle. They fall into the river. One of them ends up grabbing the ring off the bottom of the ocean. Uh, sorry, off the riverbed. And then when they get back to the shore, it tempts them. It speaks to their minds They get into a fight And Smeagol kills Deagle Takes the ring (laughs) His name was Deagle 
I love it. I was. Smeagol and Deagle. It's, it's just like bloody Boromir and Faramir. Like, be a little bit more creative. No, it's great. It shows that the characters are related really easily. <laughs> what? And so, if, oh, if our names rhyme, we can't bang each other? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Ah. I dig it. I dig it. Yes. Before last names, that's how you did it. <laughs> okay. Then there's the classy one, Regal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for his crime, Gollum runs off into the Misty Mountains to be alone with his precious. And he spends a couple hundred years getting to know it quite well. That sounds so creepy. Yep. Yeah. He was ugly before he got the ring. Whoa. Whoa, that's Andy Serkis, man. You leave Andy You've, alone. <laughs> you speak with respect there. <laughs> Saz. Um, but yeah, no, Andy, Andy Serkis is not the most conventionally attractive man. I'll give you that. It's kind of a nugget of a man. Look, if Steve Buscemi can make it. <laughs> yeah. Andy Serkis is all right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that's just to show you where the, like how the ring came into Gollum's possession. The the plot kicks off with uh, two parts of the group reuniting. So Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli meet up with Merry and Pippin in Isengard after they convince the Ents to like torch the place. And so those those two parts of the group meet up again, and they end up trying to convince Theoden to ride to Gondor because they assume that Gondor is about to be attacked by Sauron. Frodo and Sam and Gollum are keep traveling towards Mordor. They know of, Gollum knows of a back entrance. He knows that he knows the secret back door where the bouncer will let him into Mordor. <laughs> knows the password. Yeah. He, he knows, he, he knows where to slip a guy a sneaky 20. <laughs> or at least he says he does. <laughs> so they keep making their way towards the, the secret back door. Aragorn decides to take a little vacay from the march towards Gondor with the rest of the Rohirrim. And he goes into a mountain called, Dunharrow? No, it's the men of Dunharrow, who are traitors who didn't go to Isildur's aid when he called for them to battle against Sauron at the end of the Second Age. And they are now ghostly spectral figures who are cursed to wander the earth until their debt is repaid. Poor guys. So Elrond hands Aragorn a cool sword and says, I don't know, I thought you might need this. (laughs) (laughs) Seemed important, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's dangerous note, out there. Was, Take this with you. He, he reforged it. It was the uh, the sword that Il Sildor used to cut off Sauron's Choppy, finger. choppy, chop, chop. Yes. yes. And so Aragorn goes to claim the debt of the, the ghosts. We find out that there's a giant army marching on Gondor, their capital city, Minas Tirith. All the characters kind of converge at uh, Minas Tirith where Gandalf is kind of coordinating the defences from within the city. Theoden and the Rohirrim are kind of attacking from the side. And then Aragorn comes and brings the ghosts to fight from the other side. And they all kind of clear out the all the orcs in the middle. Just in time for tea. Yay, tea. Yay. Uh, during this time, Gollum is leading Frodo and Sam through... She loves passage, which sounds like a euphemism for something, but let's not go there. She loves passage. She loves the worst. She loves great. Oh, she loves the worst. I hate spiders. It's always fucking spiders. Yeah, because they're terrifying. Yeah, so stop it. So Shelob is a giant immortal spider that lives just on the fringes of Mordor and like picks off orcs that like come her way. And Gollum knows that if he takes Sam and Frodo through here, that Shelob is likely to eat them and that he can get his precious back. But it doesn't pan out as he hopes. Frodo gets wrapped up, but not eaten. Sam has to chase after Frodo after he gets picked up by some orcs who assume 
that he's just some wandering lost child and they take him back to like cook him or something. Sam has taken the ring at this point and is now like the last ring bearer. They end up in Mordor. Sam catches up to Frodo, frees him. They go to Mount Doom. Gollum catches up to him, but Frodo's able to drop the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. It's destroyed. Yay. There's a bullshit little battle at the gates of Mordor to distract Sauron. but Distracts you know. the eye. Yes. Yes. I see you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, Gandalf calls in an Uber, and then some eagles pick up Frodo and Sam. Five star rating. Yay. Yeah. Oh man! (laughs) Yeah, look, it's it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I think that it's it's so long, but it's one of those ones that you don't actually realize how long it is while you're watching it because there's just something happening. Like this podcast, (laughs) yeah, like this podcast. But there's just so much happening. Oh yeah, there's so much happening, and there's like so much book. Like, oh my god, we haven't even got to the epilogue yet. But who cares? Wait, there's an epilogue. There's an epilogue where they go back to the Shire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, nobody gives a shit because they're hobbits. Yeah. They drink, they smoke, they eat. <laughs> Who likes a few fun facts? Do you guys like some fun facts? Go for it. I love fun facts. Who doesn't, Ken? Did you know that Sean Connery read for Gandalf? But Hell he yeah. T- he turned it down Fuck because yeah. he did not understand it. What? He didn't understand the script. He'd never read... The- he, d- oh. he tried to read the books and didn't get it. Um, even apparently after he's watched the movies and like people have asked him since and he still doesn't get it. <laughs> And he was like, look, I could have, I would have agreed to something I don't understand if it was like for a small amount of time. But apparently, like, obviously they were shooting all three films. Back to back. Over an, yeah, back to back. And he was like, no, nah, can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's very respectable, though. Like, I, yeah, I respect that. Uh, I get it. Um, another fun one. So around Aragon, he was a really hard character to cast, I guess. So Nicolas Cage was offered the role. Why is it it's always, always Nicolas, Nicolas Cage? Cage. <laughs> Turn down Shrek. Um, so he oh. turned it down this time, not because he didn't want to be an ogre, but because uh, it was due to family obligations. Was this around the time of his divorce? Probably. He's had about seven, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, so then the what? role uh, went to, I think also that um, Vin Diesel also auditioned for him. But they were like, Fuck he's yes. not quite... <laughs> <laughs> he is. So after yeah, so after Nicolas Cage turned it down, it went to Stuart Townsend. Who I think he ended up having a little bit of a role in the movie, but anyway, he he trained for two months. He was on set everything the day before filming started. He was fired because they wanted some. Oh, who's Stuart Townsend? He's. They say he was up and coming, but he's not really. <laughs> I think at one point he may he was dating for a couple of years. Um, Charlize Theron a few years okay. ago, but to be honest, I can't even name anything he's in. I just know his face. Stuart Peter Townsend is an Irish actor. His most notable portrayals are of the characters Lestat the Lion Court in the 2002 film adaptation of Anne yeah, Rice's so Queen nothing. of the Damned. Okay, I have yeah, no exactly. idea. I'm sorry. Um. So he yeah. So he was fired the day before filming started. Oh, he's Peter Townsend's son. Okay. Yeah, because they wanted an older looking actor. Okay. Um, so then they went with Vigo and their backup, if Vigo said no, was good old Russell Crowe. Fuck yes. Can you imagine? Woo! Oh, yeah, um, I can But see Vigo, that. Vigo, he wasn't too keen on it. But I am entertained. <laughs> um, Vigo's son apparently was a massive fan of the books and he was like, you've got to do it, Dad. He talked him into it, which is cool. Okay. A um, couple other fun, fun ones. Jake Gyllenhaal. Auditioned for Frodo. <laughs> Apparently, it Fuck was one yeah. of the worst auditions that Peter Jackson's that. ever seen. <laughs> um, 
Liam Neeson passed on the role of Boromir. Oh, that's sad. He would have been fun in that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and yeah. another fun fact for um, hashtag women is that a lot of the writers of Rohan were actually women wearing beards because most of the best writers in New Zealand where it was all shot were women. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay, women. Yay, New Zealand. I know, I know Vigo seemed to really enjoy filming those movies. Like he bought the horse that he rode. Yeah. He like broke a tooth partway through filming and was like, nah, just glue it in. We'll get back to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure was it during um, part of when they were filming Two Towers, he like broke a couple of toes as well. Yeah. I was like, and I was like, I'll be fine. <laughs> like good on him. What a guy. Wow. He's hardcore. They asked him to be in the Hobbit movies and he was like, but my character's not in that. What the, What would they want him to do in the Hobbit? The same thing they wanted Legolas to do, just kind of show up for name recognition because Legolas isn't in the Hobbit book. I feel like it makes sense for Legolas to kind of be around because he's a bloody immortal elf. Yeah, and they do go to an elf kingdom. I, I don't know if that's like Legolas's elf kingdom. might be the same one, but... Oh, no, I think it... Uh... No, it is. But yeah, so there's some fun facts. And um, it was filmed over 274 days in all, um, using 350 purpose-built sets in more than 150 locations throughout New Zealand. Like, that's insane. That's intense. Hmm. That's a lot. Damn. Mm. 274 days. It's a a record, apparently. Imagine how much cocaine Peter Jackson had to buy for the pitch meeting where he pitched this giant project to New Line Cinema. But I guess it makes sense because, like, if they're building all these sets, like, you get three movies. So, like, as the studio, you'd be like, yeah, okay, it makes sense. (laughs) You get three movies for the price of two, basically. Yeah. Any more facts? Other than New Zealand is the greatest country ever. Shadow facts! Oh, man. Shadow facts! (laughs) I like that. Any more shadow facts? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Other than that New Zealand is absolutely fantastic And that's a lot of the places you can um, still go and see Because um, I have I still want to go back And um, for our listeners who don't know uh, I am actually Kiwi by blood And I'm very proud of it And I go on, honestly do it. wanted to do a Kiwi accent this whole episode But I forgot <laughs> um, It would have been weird What, if I did a Kiwi accent for the whole thing? Yeah. Look. To throw people off, just so not even mention it, it either. so weird to edit. <laughs> just, what the fuck's happening? But no, like, so last time, not last time I was in New Zealand, but one of the last times I was in New Zealand, I had a father-daughter day uh, and went to Hobbiton with my dad. And it was like the greatest day of my life. <laughs> was, I won the trivia on the, on the tour that we were on. It was just a bunch of, like, people who had no idea what was going on or, like, didn't know it that much or, like, got things wrong. And I was like, mate, what are we even doing? <laughs> But one of the awesome things is that so how they actually found the location for the Shire. Um, so obviously Peter Jackson, fellow Kiwi, he knew that he wanted to film in New Zealand. They had all these great locations. So they're actually in a helicopter flying around. They ended up in the Waikato district for it in a place called Matamata. But so they were flying around looking at all these farmlands and everything and they saw this tree and it apparently looked exactly like what they had pictured from, from Tolkien's books. And it's the tree that Frodo's sitting under at the front of the Shire when Gandalf, Gandalf comes in. Yeah. So they saw that from uh, the helicopter. Okay. They went down, they found a safe place for that, and they went down, they found the family that owned it, owned the land, and were like, we need to film here. And so that's how they found it was the tree that set it off. And they built the... Um, they built the set and all um, Hobbiton and everything and all the little holes and, and whatever. And they knocked it down after the first three movies. But there was a lot of tourists that 
would still come wanting to see where it was all filmed and everything. So when they re when they rebuilt it for the Hobbit, though the trilogy of the Hobbit, they decided to actually keep it there. Hmm. So since two thousand and four, an average of forty seven thousand international visitors each year have visited a film location. That's a lot. I remember I went to where they filmed Hobbiton and like this was before they rebuilt it for the hobbit and there was just nothing nothing there there (laughs) There was just nothing there but they went there and um the guide was like see that streamer and that tree over there that was there when they filmed it (laughs) (laughs) i was like cool cool (laughs) whereas when i went they had the bloody green dragon inn yeah so the the green dragon inn is actually they've they've built it there as well and it's a fully functioning pub so it's very different to when we actually got beer and stuff in there. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. No, it's amazing. But they can actually have weddings and stuff there too. They've got like a full-on setup back there. So kind of keen for that to happen. I could look tall in my wedding photos. You could. <gasps> Ooh. But straight up, I would 100% have my wedding there if I could. And I can. I just need a partner. Under that streamer. <laughs> I just need a partner. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's the important bit. Is it though? I'll just do a bloody Sue Sylvester from Glee and marry sure. myself. <laughs> Do we get to be like your MCs and be like, you know, the world domination <laughs> podcast hosts MCs? Mm, I'll think about it. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> villain appreciation moment. Chilling with the villain. What do you guys think of Sauron as a villain? Look, I think my plan kind of shows what I think of him, but I, I think, look, I like him. But we don't know that yet. No, but I'm just, no, I'm just saying that, like, so I'm going to go down that path. Oh my God, Jim. She's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Ah. Um, foreshadowing, <laughs> foreshadowing, basically, that how I think he could have done better, essentially. Yeah. But I, I think overall, I think he did a pretty good job, considering he was still the most powerful after two ages. Yeah. I think he did about as good as he could being non-corporeal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yes. Look, out of ten, I look. I like him. I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him a nine. Oh, a nine, really? Mm. I mean, I think we were talking about this off air, and I don't know if this is part of your plan, but um, I think I agree with something you said off air in that he kind of like, even though he's like built up to this over like a thousand years, he kind of blows his load too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like he's just bored and he's like, fuck, I need something to happen quick. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he's kind of the classic villain, you know, fantasy villain trope of like, you know, the all-seeing eye who, can, you know, sees you when you're sleeping and knows when you're awake. And... Is he Santa? Yes. That's why I think I like him. Not because he's Santa, but yeah. because he's like the traditional kind of, you know, I like that. Yeah. And like, you know, he could have picked better friends. You don't make friends with salad. <laughs> make friends with lava. And, you know, he, he shouldn't have put all of his eggs in one ring. But, you know, his plan for, like, taking over the elves with the rings to start with, that's a pretty good plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, like it says in that video that I put in the show notes, their side defense was better than his side attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, his plan for, like, taking over the world the second time, also not bad. It just so happened that, you know, everyone was kind of on their ball that day. Yeah, I you know I think he's a really good villain because like everything that sort of ha- like happened to stop him from really taking over everything was like everything just went really well for everyone and then this yeah. like this race of hobbits who are not very ambitious suddenly turns up like the, the people you don't even think about who are very very unlikely to have played a part in destroying your plan comes yeah, in. Yeah, like if it was any other race, they would have like immediately fallen to madness 
with the ring just going on the desk near them. And I think that's also like the, one of the charms of the movie movies, like oh, oh, and the story is that you know the unlikely sort of happens, and that's what makes it so fantastical. Yeah. Mm. But at the same time, like if you look at it from a villain's point of view, he's really you know everything sort of just. It could have gone really well. Like, if the elves kept the rings on, like, if they really wanted to keep the magic going in their kingdoms and kept the rings on, they would have fallen for his his plan. Hmm. But if they don't keep them on, then they lose their magic eventually, and he, like, you know, the elves would weaken to the point where he would be able to take over. Yeah. So, I I feel like, you know, he's at least an eight and a half of a villain for yeah. me. Do you know, like, it's it's interesting, like, when you're mentioning about the elves and everything like that, because I know that they were quite torn about destroying the ring because they're also connected. And obviously the reason that Rivendell and things like that are so pretty and so beautiful and everything is because of the power that's come from those rings. And because mm. of the connection between them, once the one ring is destroyed, the others kind of lose their power. Yeah. And I think, was it they say it's it's the end of the age of magic and the beginning of the age of man? Yeah. And that's kind of, it, it's in, yeah, it's interesting. And who wants that? I want magic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the hobbits. I just want food. <laughs> But you still want wizard fireworks, and that's magic. So, Jim, what do you what do you rate him? Yeah, I'm giving him an eight. Yeah, okay, cool. He's also very classy, you know. He he doesn't mm. do anything that makes him like lesser. You know what I mean? He's not like yeah. pecky or anything like that. He's... Yeah, he's he's not very untoward. Mm. Okay. I mean, he does kill a whole lot of people. Yeah, oh. yeah that's true. So why don't we move on to our um our own plans? So Emma, why don't you go first today? Oh. Well, step right up. In short, my belief is that Sauron tried too hard to be or beat Gothmog. I think we kind Mm. of talked about him before, but I guess a little bit of a recap that he was the Lord of the Balrogs um, during the First Age and his only equal in rank is Sauron, both created by Melkor, a.k.a. Morgoth, um, when he rebelled. I guess brothers, it's a bit of a brotherly (laughs) fight there, I guess. So Gothmog was better in battles, whereas Sauron was better working evil behind the scenes. So Gothmog would kind of lead the armies and things like that. So when Sauron played the long subversion game, it, it, you know, it was the main reason that he stayed so powerful all the way into the Third Age. There was a thing where he used a plague and stirring up proxy factions and infighting to cause the kingdom of Arnor to fade away over a few generations, which basically shows you that when he sticks to the background and takes his time, he's obviously a lot more successful and as you mentioned Mm. before Jim like he when he he kind of just went (laughs) I'm bored and just did things too quickly so in the third age when all of this is you know mostly it's all set pretty much he tried to bring various factions against all of the kingdoms that still stood against him and I think he overplayed his hand or blew his load as (laughs) as Jim would kindly put it. I would. Uh, which brew out the Ishtari, which is the wizards, so Gandalf, um, Saruman, the two blue ones, and Radagast, the bloody woods one. So yeah, so he drew out those guys, which kind of led to his downfall, I guess, because mm. Gandalf was able to set things in motion, um, and then he was ov- he talked to Elrond, who helped draw out Aragorn. You know, he created, he uh, reforged the sword, etc., which helped Helped all of that. Um, And so Aragorn eventually, as we know, took the throne of Gondor and united the kingdom. So if he, if they basically weren't aware of things sooner, like they wouldn't have been able to get all of the kingdoms together. Aragorn wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have been able to get where he needed to go in time. So basically my plan is that um, Sauron should have played the long game a lot more. 
and mm. you should have taken them one by one like he did with the Kingdom of Arnor and over generations take over. And I think when he, if he had taken over a few more kingdoms, he might have succeeded at, at like taking the last couple in one, but um, he didn't. And yeah, I guess that's the plan loosely is that I think he blew his load too quick um, and he should have uh, played the long game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Any questions? Do you have any specific steps that you want to take? Is there anything specifically that you'd like to do slower? No, I think I think he was, uh, to be honest, he probably shouldn't have built as many armies as big and as quick as he did with all the orcs and things like that. I think he mm. um, he got Saruman off uh, onside um, and offside of the others, which was good. I think helped him. But I don't, I think Saruman also gave things away to Gandalf. So I think he should have, you know, he I think he did the right things, but he should have done things a bit slower and taken one kingdom by one kingdom. Hmm. Like, as we were talking about before, like, you know, Rohan and things like that. Like, if they hadn't have gone to Rohan, they wouldn't have known all the shit that was going down there and that he had been taken over, essentially. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it should have done it slower. And I think, yeah, if, if he had just kind of not let, I mean, the wizards, basically, as soon as they found out, he was gone. Hmm. Yeah. Coup. I like it. Cool, cool, cool. Mm, me too. Kenneth, uh-huh. you're up. Okay, okay. Step, step up to okay, the plate. Step up to the plate. You're about, about a swing. Swing. Oh. About, 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 swing. Ready, 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 ready. Okay, step one. Start a love potion factory. <laughs> no. Okay, okay, this is okay. the bloody, like, fucking, what is it, Kingsman all over again. No <laughs> oh. love fa- potion factories. Fine, fine. After he gets taken down and loses his body, his corporeal form, he projects his eye into um, on, onto that tower and uh, uses it as basically a glorified lighthouse slash watchtower. <laughs> I believe that, uh, you know, with, with his power and uh, intellect, he can, in fact, project his whole body and go around stomping around and uh, Godzilla his way around all of Mordor and uh, stop uh, shit from happening instead of letting the hobbits get, uh, get um, getting to Mount Doom and throwing the ring in. So... But do we ever actually see him use uh, light constructs to, like, bash things in his non-corporeal form? But he's like a bull. Do we know it? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think he does. I think it's more of like a like a brain effect. <laughs> like if he's looking yeah. at you and you're like, oh my God. But I feel like what's there must be a reason that he can't do that. Because otherwise, why wouldn't he naturally just yeah. be like, I'm going to be fucking Godzilla and do it? Because he's basically a ghost. Yeah. Mm. Like he he's kind of like Voldemort. Uh, oh, well, yeah, okay. The ring is kind of like his Horcrux, and like his body was killed, but not his soul at the the battle at the end of the Second Age. Yeah. So he's kind of disembodied. Interesting. Kind of, I don't know. It's kind of similar. Yeah. Why don't you just torment Gandalf and stop him from sleeping with your mind powers? Oh, I can do that too. Yes. Oh, what was that orb that was in the in the? Was it? Oh, the Palantir. Yeah, that thing. Just you know, make a bunch of those and roll them around. Just make a bunch of Palantirs. It's like. <laughs> the new service from Facebook, Palantir. <laughs> Commune with the Dark Lord Sauron. I mean, connect with your friends. Yay! I thought of a new thing is to, instead of make rings, make Chinese finger traps that stay on. <laughs> that you can't take off. You can't take yes. off. Excellent. China doesn't oh. exist. Oh, sorry. Uh, middle Earth finger traps. Mi- middle Earth finger trap. Well, there's men from the Easts. Hmm. Where do you think the Oliphants came from? But they're no not idea. Chinese, Jim. <laughs> but they're, they're, you know, Middle Earth is supposed to be like England. Yeah. Mm. 
that explains the accents. Yeah, it's meant to be like a mytholoji for England who doesn't really have its own myth, like mythology like the Romans and the Vikings do. And so like it's meant to be like roughly geographically accurate to England. So like who's to say China doesn't exist? Mm. I ran out of ideas, so I tried to consult Daniel on this. Uh, okay, ah. so Daniel says, I would go with the political campaign for equal rights for orcs and goblins. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what was that? Go again. I like that a lot. Political campaign for equal rights for orcs and goblins. (laughs) So, therefore, Sauron the Great and kind wizard sacrificed himself to create the One Ring, but realizing the error in his ways with the last alliance of men, elves, and dwarves, but only creating one ring, he decides to make many rings to share his wealth and knowledge. Uh, so uh, only for them to fall into a secret trap of all the rings being linked to him and therefore being able to corrupt them all because they are weak-minded. <laughs> and then it's he said, remember political campaign of Sauron being great liberator of minds, of people's minds? Oh, glory to the hypno-eye. <laughs> okay, so my plan is fairly simple. So Sauron only made one of the rings, his ring, the one ring. The rest of the rings were made by Celebrimbor, including the three elven rings. One of which, funnily enough, Gandalf has. Gandalf. It's what helps him to inspire awe and confidence in people and basically is what kept him on the task of destroying Sauron, which is basically the reason he's on Middle-earth to begin with. What happens is Celebrimbor makes the rings that end up in the hands of, you know, the kings and the, the elves and the dwarves and whatever. But then he finds out about Sauron's evil plan and Sauron kills him. Why? Why? My plan is for is for Sauron to keep Celebrimbor alive. Just churning out lesser rings that I can keep giving to more and more smelly dudes. And then I end up with, a, instead of having, how many ring rates are there? Ten? Nine. Because it's nine, nine rings for the men. Oh, yeah. Instead of having nine ring rates, I can have an army of semi-immortal ghost killers. Ghost killers. Who can only be killed by women, of which there appear to be two in all of Middle Earth. (laughs) You'll find more. There was lots of female, like, children, though. So There's lots of female hobbits poking around. Just, uh, you wait. (laughs) Give it a couple of generations. We'll find some. Um... (laughs) I guess my question there is, right, so he, the ring bearer, I'm not even going to try and say his name. Celebrimbor. So he created three rings basically without Sauron knowing for the elves. What's to stop Mm. him from changing things or like killing himself or not making you any more rings? In the words of Shrek, good question. (laughs) I think that's my only thing. Is I mean, he's an elf, Mm. so he's officially immortal, I guess, but he... yes. He'd find a way. I mean, elves can't die naturally, but they can die oh, from yeah. good old stabbery. And I feel like if, if I'm leaving him in a workshop with ring-making tools, there's enough, yeah, there's enough in there for him to kill himself with. <laughs> like, what? Like I- Especially seeing as they have to... Oh, no, only the one ring was made in Mount Doom. The rest of them I don't think were made in there. But, but you know, there's a, for- there's a, a forge and a furnace yeah, and whatnot. Consider, like, the, do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's my only thing, is that it's, your plan is basically relying on this one guy. Yeah. He's just going to be like, uh, yeah, fuck no. He's going to either change the, the way he's made the ring so they're not going to have the same impact that they should, or yeah. he's going to kill himself. But you're forgetting a couple of things. One... He is semi-immortal and can't be killed by age. So, you know, as long as I keep feeding him, he will still be alive, <laughs> which means I can torture him for a 
very long time. Yeah, but time. then you just be like, hey, hey, friend over there, this is what's happening right now. Can you please kill me? <laughs> yeah. And my, my secret special skill is the ability to dominate the minds of others. Yeah, look. <laughs> and, you know, over thousands of years, I reckon I've got a good shot. Yeah, but if he's... Yeah, true. But it depends on how, how long he's... It, I think it kind of just depends on Celebrimbor and how, how much he can... With, how yeah, willing he is and to And how much he kicking. can withstand. Because if he's yeah. already... Like, he's made, what, 16 rings? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to make three for the elves. Like, he's probably not going to stand around and deal with you for much longer. Hmm. But it is a good plan. Like, I get it. Thank you. Also, you can make rings yourself, so this plan can can still work. That is true. I can make my own. I don't know why. I... <laughs> Actually, that's true. Just make them yourself. <laughs> if worse comes to worse, I can just make my own. Yeah. <laughs> Although, would you only... Be... Can he only make them in Mount Doom? I don't know if he can only make them in Mount Doom, but like the one ring was only was could certainly only be made in, in Mount Doom. My question would be... Why didn't he just make more rings himself? Is it because he himself is too powerful that he had to get somebody else to make them for him? Because his power was put into the one ring. Would it not then make sense that any other rings he made would use his power also? I I don't know for certain if there is a reason within the story for that. Uh, I know outside of the story, it doesn't make sense to have like a billion rings around because it all gets too complicated. And you got too many powerful people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the the meta reason yeah. why. Oh, yeah, like I no, I could get that, but it's just yeah. I'm curious as to like, because as Ken said, he could have just you can just make the rings yourself. Make my own. Maybe he's just not as smart as Jim. He's just. <laughs> I mean, he only made one, and he's like, that'll do. Yeah, one and one done. And, I was about to say one and done too. <laughs> you need six of them, and they all need to look like random stones, and they need to go into a river. Oh my god, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so now we come to the weakest link. <laughs> you are the weakest link, Kenjamin. <laughs> oh! Wait, we don't. No, no, we're not voting the weakest link. <laughs> I know I'm the weakest I'm, link. Anyway, I'm sorry. I would like to go. Sorry, I would Ken. like to go with the Chinese finger trap. <laughs> oh, in that case, <laughs> your your plan's not bad, Ken. I'll give you that. Thank, you, like, thank you. The only, the only problem with your plan is that, like, for most men who come across these rings, they will never take them off anyway because it so corrupts their minds. Oh, but so what if the elves don't take It's them a off? virtual Chinese finger trap. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, I agree with the elves. That's a good plan. Just, yeah. Uh, yes. I, I guess that means I'm voting for Emma. Oh. <laughs> that means Emma's voting for me. Hey. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh. So it really comes down to you, Ken. <laughs> oh, You're the kingmaker. Wow, being the weakest link you isn't are, so bad. You are, you are the steward of this podcast. <laughs> I hold the ring of power. One ring. One oh. vote to rule them all. Hmm. I vote for Jim's plan. Yes! No! Yes! No! Suck I it, Emma. No, I worked <laughs> on mine so much. I wanted to win this one out of all of them. <laughs> Well, you know you're going to win no. the next one because I'm not going to have any idea. No. No. Well done, Emma. I lost. <laughs> I know, but you, you, you played well. Oh. I'm being a good sport. Uh, I enjoy the idea of uh, mass producing uh, rings and ring wraiths. Yay. Yay.
I, th- I think the voice acting also really sold it. <laughs> Thank you. Cheatsy Thank doodles. You. Say if you Cheatsy if you doodles. held up a Kiwi accent for the whole podcast, you probably would have won. Oh, can I throw it in now? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, sure. Go for okay, it. Okay, let's re-record it. If we re-record the entire podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just I'll just keep my Kiwi accent for the rest of it. <laughs> Is this natural or put on? What do you mean? Do you like? Do you have to think about putting the accent on, or does it just come naturally? No, it comes naturally. If I just if I just have a conversation, I can easily keep it going. Like slip in yeah. and out. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that was fun, guys. So now we come to the end of the show. Um, so just before the end of today's scheduled broadcast, we just wanted to remind people of something. So we, our poll for what we're going to do our final episode on will be going up on Twitter now as this episode is released. Because of how we record these, uh, I'm speaking to you from the past right now. So I don't know for certain what options are going to be in that poll, but go vote so you can tell us what uh, you'd like us to do our final episode on? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do the raw. Do it. Do the raw. Do the raw. Do the raw. <laughs> but until then, thanks for listening, everyone. I just, I just need to add that uh, Orlando Williams forty two and still got it, <laughs> and he can get <laughs> it. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Oh no. <laughs> what are we talking about next time, guys? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Which I have not seen. That should be fun. It's my time. I have my chance. You know what? I'm willing to watch between three and five episodes. So if our listeners want to let me know which three or five episodes I should watch out of all of it to catch me up to speed. Just watch the first episode and the last episode. That's what I was thinking today, but like... You guys tell me, our listeners, which three to five episodes should I watch so I can provide an opinion on the show. If you watch the first and last episode, it would make zero sense. Do it. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) I feel like if you watch like the first, no, even there's just so much that happens. You can't even watch like the first episode and the last episode of every season. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, I have seen the entire first season and I think half of the second season. Oh, man, okay. All right, well, well done. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Thanks for listening, Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to World Domination. You can find links to all the things we talked about, our other episodes, or leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash worlddomination. If you'd prefer to talk to us non-verbally, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at worlddompodcast, or you can email worlddompod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your mum about it. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One, One ring to bring, bring them all together. And in the darkness. You added that word in. added that word in. Oh. God damn it, Jim. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>